Gentlemen, welcome to Dropout 22. Hi. Hey. again. Maka, welcome. Maka joins us after quite the hiatus. Um, the last time Maka was, was on, he was a, a ball-playing, hard-running 12. He's since realised that he's got hands like tits, and now he's, he's joined the forwards. <laughs> Maka, how are you? Best place to be. Yeah, good, thanks. How are you, Gary? I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, before we um, before we kick off, boys, just a message to um, to John Paul McGrain, who has just leapt over the the latest hurdle that's been uh, that's been chucked in front of him. So, um, big friend of the show. Keep um, keep batting, big fella. Um, we're all very proud of what you're doing. Go on, Abendos. Go on, Abendos. So, boys, we sort of hinted at it um, last week about the how rugby could look when when it comes back. Um, we've had this week, or last week, shall I say, 10 new laws that could be brought in uh, into the game. They mainly involve the scrum, the tackle, the ruck, and the maul. So, Guy, you can, you can go and make a cup of tea if you want for this, uh, for this next bit. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll go through it in, in order. So we'll start with the scrum. Um, so effectively, there'll be no refet, no resets if there has been no infringements, um, and that will result in a, in a free kick. But you can't have a scrum as an option. There'll be a goal line dropout if you're held up over the line, so no scrum five, and the hooker must um, must have break feet when they're when they're getting ready to engage. Patty, as a front rower, how do you see these laws impacting the game? Um, I, I definitely think it's going to be different, um, you know, to state the obvious. I think in terms of the, the cutting down the resets, I guess the, the referees are, are trying to, what the world rugby has identified, what they see as a boring aspect of the game, which is multiple scrums, and they're trying to eliminate that. I, I can see the process of thought there. Um, are these going to do much for it? I don't know. I guess only time will tell. In terms of the the handbrake foot uh, for for hooker, um, I guess that's something that I've done before in the past to steady a pack. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, I think it's the the scrum laws and the the proposed changes surrounding that could could be interesting. I don't have too many issues there. I mean, aren't they? Aren't these just laws that they they wanted to bring in for a long, long time because resets were such a bugbear, and now that coronavirus has has come along, then it's really helped world rugby just push these laws through. What do you reckon, guy? Uh, most definitely, I think uh, I think they've been looking at the scrum for the last ten years, haven't they? And they've looked to see what they what they can do to speed it up. Um, the only negative for me, because obviously I'd like to see it sped up as well. The only negative I can see is the fact that it will force referees into essentially not making a decision. So, um, it, uh, like you said, guys, it's, it's only when there's no infringement. Even if there is an infringement, the easy out is just to say, oh, just have a free kick and play the ball away. Um, and uh, you're going to see the big men of the game, the ones with, who have a particular talent in the front row, just disappear. And that's uniquely the beauty of rugby and, and one we really need to keep. So um, it's a bit dangerous, to be honest, the fact that you're um, you're going down more down the rugby league route with every law change. Um, the rugby league law that I do like though is the dropout under the sticks because it'll stop uh, it'll stop forwards just hogging the ball on the line for twenty minutes and not not scoring. So uh, <laughs> force them to move her a bit because uh, in the tight you invariably get held up a bit more. So 
if you move the ball a bit more, you'll have a, a lot less uh, Exeter-style tries and a bit more enjoyment out of it. I disagree with you, Guy. Um, oh, sorry to jump in. No, go on. I don't think I don't think it'll um, eliminate the the scrum specialists. I think it'll make them more important. Personally, if you've got less tries at it and you need to get it done, need to get it right first go, then um, you know it, theoretically it could improve the quality of scrum. Anyway, that's how I I'm optimistic. So I'll uh, I'll see how it goes. If if referees rest it properly, I completely agree sure. with you. But fair, fair, fair. Yeah, it might just be a cop out just to say. Cool free kick, nine nine taps hit play away. I mean, it does it, it does risk us having a, an entire pack full of mackers, doesn't it? A, a back that's converted into a forward who can who can carry, who can occasionally pass and catch. I mean, is is that the way we're going? Do you reckon, Mac, that we're gonna have these like hybrid forwards that you don't really they're not really set to a specific position? They're, you're effectively you've just got eight loose forwards. We'll never win a lineup. <laughs> I think I think you're getting there. You're so, there's actually, some teams are almost almost there. Like they're converting, they get hookers. You're a play also back row. Um, you're also getting, you know, props are sometimes a lot more handy than they used to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of agree with Pat as well, though. But I think it's a specialist sort of area, and if you do want to get it right on the first go, you almost want you still want those big lumpy forwards you know you're Dan Coles in the world to get the job done um, but yeah I, I think yeah I think it's a long time coming but it'll be interesting to so let's move on to the tackle then Milt so we've got an orange card now being introduced um, for high tackles and effectively the removal of the the choke tackle law so if you choke someone out if you choke someone in the in the tackle, whereas previously the ball become unplayable, you get the ball back in the scrum. Now it's it's not going to be the case. Then the ball has to be played from that tackle. How how's that going to change the game? And and what's your what's your thoughts spe- specifically on that orange card for the high tackle? So if I, is the orange card is that twenty minutes? Is that right? It's fifteen minutes. So in the the Super Rugby in New Zealand, they they've changed they it slightly in that they're going to do. 20 minutes so that the play if a player is effectively given a red card for a high tackle they'll face the same disciplinary sanctions afterwards they are sent off for 20 minutes but then after that 20 minutes they're allowed to be replaced whereas these rules are looking to introduce an orange card whereas the player is just sent off for 15 minutes as opposed to um the 10 minutes for a sim bin so it's, it's recognizing that it's a red card offense but they don't want to see presumably the amount of red cards that have been in this in this season just gone um, I was under the impression it was getting better uh, the last uh, probably from Christmas onwards I thought that there was there was less red cards and players were starting to tackle as, as they should do and as as the, as the law states so I'm not sure I think it might add confusion and my worry of all these type of laws a bit like what, what Guy was saying is teams will find loopholes in it a bit like the scrum one I know for like playing a team with a weak front five we'd be bringing that scrum down pretty quickly so they just get a tap and then we can play rather than keep going. My, my worry about the um, about the orange card is that teams could use their bench and empty their bench more um, and, you know, and, and take that time out of the game and you know deal with that 15, 20 minutes, whatever it will be. Uh, I, I thought the tackle was getting better. I thought there was more clarity in it towards the end before, um, before we had this break. Um, but we'll see. 
It did seem that people were getting on board with it, weren't they? They knew that anything above shoulder height, they, they were banging trouble. Um, and you're yeah. right about the getting around the laws as well. This choke tackle, you, this isn't going to spell the end of the choke tackle because even if you don't get the ball back, it's still a very effective way to slow the attack down, to realign your defence so that you can go again. So, so Pat, we're not going to see the end of the choke tackle at all, are we? Uh, and I think Milt's uh, uh, touched on it as well in terms of when any law comes into place, everyone's going to be thinking ways around it, right? And um, and that's certainly going to be the case with whatever comes in. Um, I think that's okay to, to find a workaround. And if it incorporates more of the team, more of the bench and, and more tactics, then um, doesn't that add a, a cool new element to the game of rugby? I don't know. It could be interesting to watch. Is it not, sorry, does, does it not though encourage people to, or players in the game to say, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to make that tackle because I know I'll just get an orange card and I won't get a red as I've previously done. So then they're more willing to take a risk and that's what they're wanting to eliminate. It's still punishment though. It, it, it's just not as hard a punishment. So I, I guess we'll probably see more orange cards as opposed to, and, and then less, and therefore less red cards. But, Doesn't um, it neglate the, Concussion stuff that rugby's trying to bring in. It's almost letting yeah, people it off. really yeah. does, doesn't it's it? It's letting people off tackle high. There's no real excuse that there's. I thought when they brought in the um, they call it like mitigating circumstances or something like that, isn't it? When their player dips at the last moment, when it's really not, when the player's already committed to the tackle. So that that's that's kind of common sense. Common I guess sense. maybe that's when they'll deploy the orange card then. Yeah, if it's yeah. Really, that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's it. That that's the that this is the one that really stands out because every other one appears to be trying to speed the game up, whereas this one potentially it's a gripe from referees that they're being put in really difficult positions every week, and maybe that was the feedback from referees over the course of the season that they were finding it really difficult not to send players off. So they might have gone to World Rugby and asked for for an in between, and and maybe that's how it's come about. I, obviously, I, I don't I don't know. We'll have to get a referee on to um to let us know. But we'll move on to to the ruck, which again is a good thing on paper, but how it's going to be seen. So the use it rule. Um, or law rather, will be reduced to three seconds from five seconds. If you don't use the ball at the back of the ruck within three seconds, then there'll be a free kick. And again, you won't be able to opt for the scrum there. Interesting fact for you, and I'm very, very happy to be proved wrong, but the only time that law has ever been refereed properly is John Lacey when he was refereeing Bristol against La Rochelle in March 2019. That's the only time I've ever seen a team pinned for a use it so guy is it is it going to make any difference at all uh to be honest mate i'll be i'll be amazed if um teams can get to the ruck every every time in three seconds um no mate i don't think it is i think referees will want to um keep their whistle out of their mouth as much as they possibly can and they'll only penalize either serial offenders or people who are really taking the piss um I think it's basically they're going to try to try and force the referees to make a decision. Like you just said, Gaz, I, I can't remember ever seeing it even pinged. So, um, no, in short, I don't think it will make a, will make a difference because referees will want to let the game flow and won't want to set a scrum. It mainly goes around when they're setting up box kicks, doesn't it? That's when the game slows down. That's it. So, it's that I, box I, I kick... Thought... It's that I box kick whole... caterpillar law, isn't it, that, that needs amending here, not the use it law. 
So once... oh, I think it's something to do with, you know, when they like put their foot into a ruck and drag it back and get it in the perfect position. You just said no feet in the ruck, then they can't do that. Yeah. And then they've got to take it out. I think um, I think the way we'll see it deployed um, by referees it won't be it won't be whistleblowing at all. It'll be um, a shorter time from when they've started previously of saying use it. So instead of waiting, you know, five seconds and then them telling the the, the nine to use it, they'll they'll start saying use it earlier, and and therefore uh, you know domino effect. They're, they're they're thinking that the nines will use it earlier. It'll sort of push them into action a bit quicker. I doubt we'll see the whistle blown more because of this this rule. And I mean that's all they need to do is that the back the back foot at the ruck should not be able to to change effectively so the back foot should be the same either side so you can't elongate the ruck if they just sorted that law out then it would be pointless joining the caterpillar because that's just where where the back foot remains but it's not we've got the use it rule so we'll just have to see how that pans out but that, yeah I mean, but don't they do it for, because they don't want Obviously, scrum halves do it when they're trying to box kick, and then they don't want big second rows leaning over the top trying to charge it down. Um, so that's why they have the long caterpillar. Sort yeah, of absolutely. Stop, stop them doing that. So um, if, yeah, I mean, it just puts more space between them and the ball, doesn't it? But if yeah, if they weren't allowed to do that, so the initial when the ruck is initially set, then the ball is as soon as the ball moves beyond that, the ball's out. So they can have the longest caterpillar they want, but as soon as it goes past that first man's legs, the ball's out, and they can the the opposition can play the ball. Mm. I mean that that that's that's the real issue here is that the attacking teams are allowed to make the make the ruck as long as possible, and then they end up five meters away from the defensive line when they're box kicking. But yes, well, I oh yeah, sorry. I think the um, I, I think the box kick is just so weighted in the attacking team's favor in the first place. Because you're essentially landing the kick on on a on a single person with a full pack running at him, so anything to um, give the uh, give the defence a bit of a uh, bit of a one up on the box kick is obviously going to help. I don't think many people enjoy watching a box kick. No, absolutely. I don't think this rules coming to play with boxing in mind. I, I can't I can't see that um, that sort of process of, of thought there. I think. I think it's to stop slow play. It's to stop a team sort of stranglehold on, on, on possession and it's to force a, a bit more action a bit more quickly, I, I guess. Yeah, well, um, well, which is a shame, which is a shame really, because when the team can stranglehold possession, it's really impressive, um, certainly for, for a rugby fan to, to witness that. And it can be certainly very frustrating um, as, a, as an opposition player, but you've got to respect it. Yeah, definitely. And as Guy said earlier, it is it is sort of almost watering down the sort of purest side of rugby. Yes, you you're getting a you're getting a quicker game, you're getting more ball in play, but those those real elements that people who have been following the game for forty, fifty, sixty years have, have loved over the years are, are just being washed out of it. And another one is the mall. So no new joiners to the mall. So once that mall is set, nobody else is allowed to join it. Um, and they've reduced it now so that only one forward movement per mall effectively. So whereas before you'd get the warning to use it effectively, if, if that mall stops, then um, then that mall is over. So, I mean, Mac, you're the newest member to the uh, to the forwards. How, how do you see that one playing out? Uh, I think that's a bit of a stupid rule, to be honest, because I think like, you, 
I mean, it's not it's not often you'll get loads and loads of backs in a wall, or it's usually going to be the only eight forwards, and nobody really sets up a wall in the middle of the pitch anymore. It's always off a line out, so it's usually always going to be the eight forwards. So I doubt I doubt you get any you'd be penalised for that anyway. Um, but I mean, presumably there's, there's this so this rule that you know if the wall stops, if the opposing team holds up the wall. Um, um that's not that's not changed that's still there isn't it yeah absolutely and and i mean what's stopping yeah. them, what's what's stopping them creating a new mall where all all 12 you know 12 13 14 players could you could set up one mall and then you peel off you set up another mall and then all of a sudden there's 12 players in it so is that allowed though yeah. so like the way i've interpreted it um, is that there won't be any peeling off resetting of a mall uh, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if that's the case, yeah, that's I, good. That's, that's, you, you still that's be the way there. I've inter- yeah, that's the way I've interpreted that. It's just one more. So and then that's it. And then you can't as long as it's the same all going through all the time. You can't as long as you can't break off. Um, and nobody else can join up as they like. What about players who were, were previously in the mall? And sort of you know, come out and then come back around. I mean, is is that allowed? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's Morlin isn't a strong is. point of mine. Well, I mean, was, th- was that, this one. No, this this one. I I suppose they could genuinely say <laughs> that it would reduce the chance of transmission of COVID because there are fewer players going face to face. But with all of these things, I mean, we're playing rugby at the end of the day. That the, there isn't a a sport where you're more in another person's face. So. I mean, yes, it will reduce the risk, but presumably these are for the pro game at the minute and everyone's going to be tested anyway, right? So how much is how much difference are these laws going to actually make to what World Rugby say they're trying to do, which is reduce the the chance of, of the transmission of the disease? It's, it's, it's worth what you make of it, to be honest. It's, it's, is it a question of is it going to reduce COVID or were these laws always in the making and they just brought them in as as now is the best time to do it as you mentioned earlier i think what people need to get away from is the fact that a 43 42 scoreline isn't more entertaining sometimes than like a 16 10 the premiership and super rugby have shown us that i'd rather watch premiership every day of the week over super rugby ah. and i'm oh, sure pat may, pat may uh, disagree with me but one's proper rugby and one's fun rugby <laughs> Fun rugby, you said it all. Um, it depends who in the, the Super Rugby, to be honest. You couldn't pay me to watch the Warriors, but uh, yeah, uh, I can see your point. Okay, we'll um, we'll leave it there, lads. Um, and the sad thing is that we don't know when we're going to be um, when we're going to be actually seeing these um, these laws in action. But there we go. Um, we'll come back to it when we can come back to it, and we will move on. To Pat's stats. Look at that! I like that. That's my own little jingle. I'll uh, I'll pay you. <laughs> uh, okay, got a, got a few stats here for for us today. Um, and the last one, I'm going to end on a new style of Pat's stats, but we'll get to that in a second. So, my first one um, in 1884, Ireland came to Cardiff for the Home Nations tournament, but didn't have enough players. So Wales lent them two. Um, they end up getting Irish caps, those players. Um, Wales ended up winning 5-0. So it wasn't uh, wasn't the right players, obviously. Um, 
At 14, Steve Thompson, so former ex-England hooker, uh, former most capped England hooker, I believe, as well. At the age of 14, he was the British roller skating champion. <laughs> you didn't know. Very good. Um, French Jean-Pierre Sol uh, broke his ankle before the 1969 international match against Scotland. Um, he tripped up the steps walking out of the dugout onto the field. And he won. thought that was very good. And uh, final one for Pat Stats. And this is the, the, the new direction we'll be taking Pat Stats in. It's um, interesting and famous people who have played rugby. So first one to kick us off is, um, did you know a young Idi Amin played in the curtain raiser to a match between <laughs> East Africa and the All Blacks? No way. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll have some more like that next week. That's the stat. Pat stats. <laughs> how was the uh, how was the soundboard for you, Patty? Delightful. Good. You're a genius. I'm glad. Um, so we've taken a fair bit of heat for having Adam Ashley Cooper in our team of the decade last week. Who? Who did it? Give me their name. <laughs> I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You can understand people's gripes. However, we stand by it on uh, on Dropout 22. And what we're going to do now is, in honour of Adam Ashley Cooper and his rightful selection in the team of the decade, is that we are going to select our good bloke 15. Um, and effectively, this is a 15 that we were sort of tossing up an idea of how we could... Um, what the perimeters were and it's basically a, a, a 15 blokes that you'd like to go and go and have a beer with so same as last week what we'll do is we'll go through it um if two if we get two votes uh for one player um actually we've got one more person with us this week so my math is my math is done um if there's a majority that person's automatically and if not we'll have a discussion about it um the discussion will last a minute and we will decide who goes in at the end so number one um, Guy, can you kick us off? Uh, Jason Leonard. Um, Patty. Scott Sear. Luke. James Flatman. Mac. Alice Genge. Alice Genge would be good on the piss, but I've got Jason Leonard as well. I've got Leonard at tight end because he could play both. Yeah, fair. fair. That's um, going to swing him in. There it is, Jason, wanna... Jason Leonard. That was, it was good bloke. Fun bus. Yeah. He's called the fun bus. It's got to be in. It's not, uh, it's not the party 15. It's good bloke 15. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, little little stat for you on Jason Leonard while we've got time. He's the first person I interviewed after the first um, terror attacks on London Bridge. And we went for a beer and he was a good bloke. So, he's in. He's got huge testicles apparently as well. I so. didn't see him, Luke. I didn't see him. I'll uh, I'll take your word for it. Compare them, Gareth. <laughs> I mine are nothing compared to Milt's. We'll have to um, that maybe that's a that's a show for another time. But we'll move on very swiftly to Hooker. Um, I've gone for I've got two, but I'm gonna go simply for the '97 Lions tour. Keith Wood, guy. Hooker was my hardest position. They all seem like moody, horrible bastards. Um, that's right, Pat. Uh, that's <laughs> Who'd you go for? Shark Brits. Yeah, I had it. He it was he's he was my other one. Milt. Oh, for Keith Wood as well. Maka. 
Uh, well, I was going to go for Pat, but then um, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout Brits. Patty. Yeah, are you kidding? Are you all joking? Again, good bloke, good bloke 15, not um, pisshead 15. Uh, Kevin Mialamu, the smiling assassin. Love that bloke. Hard as, hard as nails, but uh, certainly seemed like a legend. Hard as nails, but you dropped... At Kiwi, you dropped Bod on his head in 2005 and ruined the Lions tour. Yeah, good bloke. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Keith Wood or Shout Brits? Uh, Shout Brits was in last week, so we'll have Keith Wood in this week. Number three, Guy. Uh, Philip Vickery. Victor Melter himself. Milt. I had the fun bus, Jason Lellers. Fair enough. Mac. Ben Talmafina. <laughs> yes. Uh, Patty. Jacoby Kepu. <laughs> I had Adam. <laughs> I had Adam. I had Adam Jones. It's going to be between um, Big Ben and uh, Sikopi Kepu. So I'll let yes. you. I'll let you two battle it out. So Mac, you've got uh, Adam you, Jones is a good bloke. Yeah, I mean. yeah, he is a good bloke. But I'm, uh, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I, I've forgotten to read out uh, Jimbo's. Oh Let's yeah, of that course. Could be the Let's have a look. Go one on. second. One second. Uh, oh, he had the beast um, playing in the wrong position. The beast who so. <laughs> famously <laughs> plays number one. Okay. <laughs> he, he did have curly head Jones at number one. Oh, there we go then. Uh, so it is Adam Jones. Uh, so. Who famously plays number three? Famously um, plays number three, yeah. There we go then. Adam Jones is in at number three. Uh, good bloke. Um, number four. I've gone John Eels. Guy? Uh, I've gone Doddy Weir. Milt? I've gone the goat, Martin Johnson. Maka? Also Doddy Weir. Patty? I went John Eels at number five, which is the position he played. Fair enough. That's uh, <laughs> fine. Should I go by number four? Then? Um, no, we'll go with we'll stick with number four and we'll go for John Eels because then my pick's gone in again. Right, um, Jimbo did Ali Williams. What? He's the worst <laughs> bloke. Again, he he thought it was uh, going for going for a drink. Yeah, uh, I mean he'd be good on a night out, wouldn't he? But he's not a good bloke. <laughs> Uh, as if Martin Johnson's a good bloke. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wasn't even going to consider that one, Milts. That was straight in the bin. He's a great guy. Average bloke at best. Number five, uh, Donico Callahan. I went for Guy. Um, I've been on a stag and this bloke was on it and he was absolutely mental. Um, Lou Reed. Catch that name drop. <laughs> Lou Reed, catch it. Maka. Uh, I actually went for Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah. yeah. Famously fun. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went for Alan Wynn Jones as well because it's a good bloke. Fifteen, not a fun. Yeah, that's what I. That's what yeah, I fair. All right, it's fine. Keep keep saying that. And um, James Muir went for Ali Williams. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I said that. Justin Harrison. He went for <laughs> also famously frick of a bloke. Yeah, but, famous. Uh, I imagine he'd be. Good yeah. I mean, maybe we should have set the perimeters on this tighter but we're doing all right we're doing all right um we'll move on to the back row then and i i i got my vote here for second row go on in sorry i i went for backies both because on a night out you always need a fuck just in case (laughs) again famously an awful man yeah because martin johnson and sean brits imagine getting stuck with those two Right, we will move on to the back row. 
And number six, I went for Jerry Collins. Guy? Oh, that's a shout, guys. Um, I used to think mine was a dickhead, but he's really grown on me. Uh, James Haskell. Melts? Yeah, I went for somebody who didn't always play six. He played second row and six, but I've gone for John Paul McRae. Big bend oh, us. Yes. Big bend us. Macca? I'm changing my answer. I'm going John Paul Ben. Mac? Um, I think he was a national hero at the World Cup, so I'm going to go for Michael Leach. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Patty? Again, in the good bloke 15, it's Sir Khaleesi. Yeah, again, you're right. Um, but we've... I, Jimbo's gone, um, and I, I finally we, we had video. You can see his um, terrific spelling. But um, Francois Pinard, I think, is the <laughs> name he's trying to spell here. Fran- Francis Pioneer is uh, <laughs> closest to the actual spelling. Good old Francis. Oh, dear me. Well done, well done Jimbo. Uh, well, John Paul McGrain gets it then. The bend in at six. Um, number seven, I have got Martin Williams. Guy? Pocock. Miltz? Oh. Who? Richie McCaw. Thank you. Maka? Uh, I went with Sam Warburton, but um, I've gone for Pocock at eight, so I don't know. Okay. Patty? Like this. George Smith. Oh, God, that's a good shout. And Some good uh, books, then. Jim James Muir has gone uh, Michael Lippman. Okay. <laughs> we need to get... We, we, we should explain. Jimbo was due to be on the show, uh, but he's moving house at the minute. Um, and he told his darling wife that he's just going to just gonna put an hour aside just to chat to the boys on uh, on Dropout 22. And um, Sarah gave him, gave him the glare, which meant he very quickly had to withdraw from from dropout twenty two, so he sent his his team to Patty, which is why we're we're reading his out. Um, well, I suppose Pocock's got two votes at um, two votes at seven, hasn't he? So Pocock's in. Um, number eight, I've gone Andy Powell. Guy, there's no one else, is it? It's Andy Powell. Correct. Melt. Andy Powell. <laughs> Maka. <laughs> Well, I went with Pocock, so... Okay, fair. Who... Yeah, all right. Um, Patty? Uh, I've, I've gone with Todai Kefu, uh, legend of a bloke. And um, Jim Muir's also selected James Haskell. I know someone mentioned him before. Yeah. I don't know fair. why I put him in eight. There you go. He has... Yeah, I've warmed to him as well, to be honest. Um, but with three votes, Andy Powell, the uh, the buggy driving monster, is, is in at number eight. Um, into the backs, number nine. Who we got going? Uh, Mike Phillips. Same, same. Miltz? I've got Rob Howley. So <laughs> <laughs> I kind of didn't get the gist of this one. Miltz? Uh, sorry, Maka? Um, I've gone a bit rogue. I've gone TJ Perinara. I know nothing, I know nothing about him to have formed an opinion. He's a Kiwi, so... <laughs> Um, I mean, he's good at leading the hacker, I guess. If that's your, uh, if that's your thing, Patty, who have you gone for? <laughs> I've gone uh, the legend George Gregan, and um, James Muir has gone Mike Phillips. And there we so. go, three votes for uh, for Iron Mike. 
I mean, he would be good. He would be good on the Philip Kister, wouldn't he? Number number ten. I've actually got five players down here, so I'm going to go last. Um, we'll go in reverse order this time. Patty, who have you gone for at number ten? Oh, I I know who you've gone for at number ten. So <laughs> you know you don't. <laughs> and oddly, it hurt me to. I wrote down two names: Dan Carter and Johnny Wilkinson. Um, both seem to be really good blokes from from what I can gather. So take the pick there. Um, James Muir's uh, gone for um, some some terrific spelling here again. Danny uh, Kip. Priyani. Um, anyway, we know who he means. Um, Maka. I went with Finn Russell, but I think that's probably Finn Russell was on my one of my five. Melts. Yeah. I went with Dan Carter. Guy. Uh, I've gone with Gavin Henson. Yeah, fair. Um, well, <laughs> well, we know who Gareth is going to pick for now. Actually, but well, no, actually, did, watch him go. We got two. Um, we got two Dan Carters, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So is it, can I can I just point out that Dan Pat is saying that Dan Carter is a good bloke, but I'm pretty sure he got busted for drugs in Paris. He's not I mean, those are un- unconf- <laughs> unconfirmed reports. And if you're listening, Dan, then please get in touch with Martin. And his views are not necessarily those of Dropout 22. So if you want to sue anyone, you're suing him directly. So we will slip Dan Carter in because he's a top bloke and not a drugs cheat. And we'll move very swiftly on to number 11, which is already there. It's Adam Ashley Cooper. Guy? Adam Ashley Cooper. Milt? Adam Ashley Cooper. Maka? Uh, Simon Zebo. For fuck's sake, oh, Maka. He's not wrong. Maka, who's at number 11? Simon Zebo. Ma- Maka, who's at number 11? Simon Zebo. Why do I listen to him? It's Adam Ashley Cooper, Mac. Because, Pat, who's at number 11? Um. Um, uh, I put um, Penny South. I, I, I had him at 14. That's why. Fair enough. Adam Ashley Cooper is the correct answer, Maka. That's all right. all right. I had him on the other wing. Adam Ashley Cooper in at number 11. Thanks, Maka. That took 30 seconds longer than it should have. Uh, I wasn't there last week. You should have listened. And I think you could have guessed by the tone, couldn't you? Yeah. There we go. We, move, we live and we learn, Matt. Uh, number 12, Guy. Uh, Matt Gitto. Strong shout. Milt. Uh, teenage Sonny Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Maka. Playing for, playing for the dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Roberts. Yeah, yeah, good bloke. Patty. Matt Gitto. Yeah, for Matt Gitto. I had Gavin Ensign, but we've got two men in there, and Matt Gitto is a good bloke, and you can just tell. Marigiro, uh, number 13, we'll go reverse this time. Patty, who have you got? I had, annoyingly, Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, fair. You love p- picking Sonny Bill at 13. Yeah, he is. He's a better 13 than he is. absolutely himself. love yeah. it. He's at the end of his career now, Pat. You're not going to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly played the final uh, in 2015 at 13, but there you go. Uh, Maka, who have you got at 13? Also Sonny Bill. <laughs> no way! <laughs> Melt. I've got Brian O'Driscoll, Bod. Guy? We're going to get absolutely leathered for this team again, aren't we? Um, 
I've gone for good bloke Will Greenwood. I don't think he's a bad bone in his body. Yeah, fair. Um, I've got bod as well, Milts. Um, bring yeah. bod in, otherwise yeah, people will take the piss. We'll put, we'll put bod <laughs> in. Got <laughs> He's a changed man. I'm oh, oh, sorry, gentlemen. We've I forgot James Muir. Oh, go on. Um, so <laughs> who's so he gone for? Tanner Manga. He, he didn't put the number eleven in at all. So he counted <laughs> one to fifteen without the number eleven, which is <laughs> classic James. Um, Twelve, he had Curtly Bill. Right. Um, oh, all right. Okay. He's gone very route one with his good bloke. He, he's just gone a piss at fifteen, hasn't he? That, that is. This is what he said. And number thirteen, uh, James O'Connor, uh, my boy James, uh, who is a good bloke actually. So there you go. Ciao. Um, number fourteen, Milts. Um, in my composite of a drinking fifteen, I thought you needed a weirdo in Johnny May. <laughs> Every group needs a weirdo. Every group needs a weirdo. In well, that... that's, Johnny, that's Johnny May not joining Job on 22 anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, every, every... every group does need a weirdo. So, Guy? Um, I know Ashley Cooper has got the 11 jersey sewn up, but Joe Nalomu on a wing somewhere. Yeah, fair. Uh, Maka? Uh, well, no, no. Adam Ashley Cooper is number 11. So it'll be Simon Zebo on that one. <laughs> um, Patty? Um, I had Rapetti Fatha Booker. Oh, nice. And, yeah. uh, He's a real loose one. James Muir had the big Dell, Wendell Saylor. <laughs> oh, that is loose. <laughs> uh, I went for Nick. Yeah, Not I went... enough. I went for Nick Cummins. Oh, is that a bit too obvious? Patty, you're Aussie. Is it, is it, is it a bit of a show or is he that loose? No, uh, by, all, by all accounts, he's insane. So there you go. <laughs> we'll put him in then. Uh, and 15. Patty. I had the myth, the man, the legend, Matt Burke. And uh, Jim Muir had Matt Rogers. Spelled correctly. Shockingly. Well no way. Yeah. He must have slipped. Macca? Um, Christian Cullen. Fair shout. Milt. Hey, Curtly Beal. Guy. Um, uh, Milt's get ready because I'm going to drop another name on you now. Uh, I went on a rugby tour to Bermuda and Saracens decided to join us there. And Alice Good was in a uh, sling and he spent the entire three days absolutely rat assed. So he's going in as my fullback. Oh, that's a real good shout, actually. Especially after his heroics last year in the full kit. Um, I had Stuart Hogg down because um, he seems like a good bloke on the piss. Um, but yeah, we'll go. Um, we'll go Alex Good unless anyone's got any massive objections. Unless someone knows that he kicks puppies or something. <laughs> no, Maka, no inside knowledge. He's not done anything in Paris that you know of. No, no, he's not done anything in Paris. Okay. Well, here we go. There's the there's the good bloke fifteen. I mean, we got there in the end, and there were very different criteria for selection. But our good bloke fifteen at number one is Jason Leonard. At number two is Keith Wood. At number three is Adam Jones. In the second row, we've got John Eels and Alan Wynne Jones. At number six, we've got Big Bad Bend, John Paul McGrain, the boss man. At number seven, we've got David Pocock. At number eight, we've got Andy Powell. At number nine, we've got Mike Phillips. 
And number 10, we've got Dan Carter. And number 11, we've got Humacker. Adam Ash Cooper. Correct. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that went on a bit longer than I thought it was going to do. Number 12 is Matt Gitto. Number 13 is Brian O'Driscoll. Number 14 is Nick Cummins. And number 15 is Alex Good. And there we go. There is the good The whitest team possible. Here you go. <laughs> On today of all days, but never mind, we'll move on. Uh, and we will move on, actually, to no context questions from Chief, a new feature. Now, you say the word Chief in South Wales, and you think who, Guy? Uh, Dale McIntosh. Correct, but if you say it down in Sussex, it has a very, very, very different meaning. Um, Chief is a character who plays for uh, for Hove Rugby Club. He's a long-time listener and friend of the show. Uh, he listens every week and he, he contacts me with his critiques. Um, so I asked him for some from some questions that I could put to the panel. So boys, just in, um, I've got four questions here and I just need your answers. We'll go. The order will be Guy, uh, Luke, Maka, and Patty. So I just want one sentence from you answering this question, please. So n- question number one in our new feature: No context questions from Chief is. Is social distancing working at, as the best remedy to combat COVID-19? <laughs> Guy? As the world-renowned scientist that I am, yes. Milt? <laughs> yes. Maka? Yes, to an extent. Patty? Adam Ashley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> India. Uh, number two. I was trying to get something witty in about Dominic Cummins, but nothing came. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, this, what, what, this... what would Jimbo say? Yeah, what would Jimbo say? I, uh... He'd say, I don't know, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. Are SpaceX missions genuinely worth one billion? He hasn't specified what one billion what, but one billion nonetheless. <laughs> Patty, we'll go for you first. Oh, yes, they're worth a billion smiles, that's for sure. <laughs> Maka? Um, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> Milts? Not for me, Chief. Guy? No chance. So there we go, a 50-50 split. That's, that's what you get with no context <laughs> questions from Chief. Number three, he did ask me to tweak this um, for grammar, but I, I don't think I'd be doing Chief justice if I did, so I'm just going to leave it as it is. So question three, which festival will be the most sought after after in this summer? <laughs> Guy. <laughs> um... I'm going to answer. Um, Glastonbury. <laughs> Milt? Uh, people be flocking back to Cheltenham Festival. Macca? Oh, uh, I don't know. Glastow. Patty? I will say that as well. I think all the young kids are going to cut loose and, uh, and Reading Festival is going to really explode. There we go. No, it's not a terrorist threat. I mean, explode in terms of good times. <laughs> <laughs> smiles really again. Nice. Explode, explode with smiles. <laughs> and the fourth and final question in our new feature, no context questions from Chief, which is hanging in the balance, I've got to be honest. So we'll see how this last question goes. Question four. 
Has the home delivery revolution seen the death of restaurants or made them even better? Guy. Get the fuck he said that. Are you serious? <laughs> I'll, I'll show you the messages later. Cheapy <laughs> legend. Guy. It's not the death of restaurants, but restaurants as we know it are done. They need to adapt. Oh, deep. Milts. I think it's survival of the fittest, Chief. Maka. Uh, I agree. I, yeah, I agree to an extent, Chief. I think, rest, I think restaurants are now probably much more takeaways than they are sitting and enjoying a meal. And Patty, I think uh, human beings as a, a species have a shockingly short-term memory, and uh, things will go back to very similar to normal, if not normal, um, soon enough. So no, I don't think it is the end of restaurants. Brilliant. Um, Chief, I think that last question might have saved no context questions from Chief, so we'll bring that back next time. We might work on the theme tune. That was a bit long as well. I'm going to have to think about these uh, these sounds. Um, Boys, we'll finish off with uh, long-time feature Dan Bigger, James Small. uh, um, Maka, do you need reminding how to play? Yes, please. So I will give you... The answer is Adam Ashley Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you uh, two rugby players. You need to tell me uh, who's tallest or if you think they're the same size. Um, So, question one. Um, One of them's already had a mention today and they're probably facing off for uh, a Lions spot when they go to um, South Africa. So, Josh Adams and Johnny May... Guy, that's the best one so far. That is, guess. Thanks, mate. In literally the same body shape, same, exactly the same. Uh, Patty, Johnny May, Mac, Johnny May, Milt, Johnny May is deceptively big. Josh Adams is six foot one. Johnny May is six foot. One. Oh, yes. Guy, Guy, Guy you're, you're a freak at this. Guy Griffiths is so good at this game. <laughs> Guy Griffiths is just God tier for Dan Bigger, James Small. Ugh. Make, make Guy go last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question two. Both have been mentioned uh, on tonight's show. Francois Pina and Sia Khaleesi. Guy? Khaleesi. Taller. Patty? Uh, I was. Uh, I'm gonna say Francois Pinard. Maka. Please, yeah, he's definitely worth it. And Milts. I'm gonna go for Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Two of you have got it right. It is Francois Pinard is six foot five. Sia Khaleesi is only six foot two. Was Francois Pina really oh, six foot five? He's massive, mate. Yeah, he's you... a monster. He still is, apparently. He's massive. You're just thinking of you're thinking of Matt Damon. Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm thinking of Matt Damon. Uh, question three again. Both been uh, both we mentioned on the show. Um, Martin Johnson and John Eels, both World Cup winning captains. Martin Johnson and John Eels, guy. 
John Eels. Taller. Patty. Uh, Martin Johnson, for sure. Mac. John Eels. And Milt. I think I think he died actually. Milt has uh, gone. Fair enough. He didn't want to. He's he didn't want to play. It. Yeah, <laughs> Milt has gone to Google. Milton is typing on Dropout Twenty Two. We'll get his answers back later. Um, Martin Johnson is six foot seven. John Eels is also six foot seven. So no points there, guys. Since we've said you're brilliant at this game, you've got two wrong. <laughs> Question four. My, my plan works. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Uh, Lawrence Delalio and Scott Quinnell. Guy? Lawrence Delalio. Pay? Taller by an inch. There's a bit of a break there. I thought Guy wasn't Googling things. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go Larry Delalio as well. And Maka. I'm going to say Scott Carell. I think he's quite big. I think he's pretty, pretty tall. Guy, just remind me of what you said. I thought Lawrence Delalio was taller by an inch. Lawrence Delalio is six foot four. Scott Quinnell is six foot three. Hey. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, question five. Scotty Fatty Gibbs. And Matt Dawson. Scott Gibbs and Matt Dawson. Guy? I'm going to start saying, because um, I'm clearly quite good at this, and I should be making money off it, but I'm not. Um, I'm going to say they're both the same, and they're both 5'9". Patty? I was going to say the same as well. Um, <laughs> Maka? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Dawson. Scott Gibbs, what's what height did you say, guy? Five nine. Scott Gibbs is five nine. <laughs> but Matt Dawson is at five foot eleven. Really? Oh, deceptive. So, with uh, in joint last place is Patty oh. Mac. And Milts, even though he missed the last two questions with one point. <laughs> and Guy storms into the lead once again with two points. So Guy undefeated in this lockdown series of Dropout 22. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for listening at home. Oh, Milt is back. Milt is back. We'll let him say goodbye. Talk amongst yourselves. In fact, I'll put, I'll put some sounds on. Hey, there he is. Milt? I'm back. He's back. Apologies. That's all right. You, you came last. Oh, brilliant. I was joint, joint last. Joint <laughs> last. Sky one? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've already said my thank yous. So, yeah, thank you very much again for, for listening at home. This has been Dropout 22, a GD Media production.